Welcome to a special edition of Talking Comics. I am Stephanie Cook, and I am joined by a very special guest today. I'm joined by Karina Becco. Rhymes with gecko, <laughs> as I've just been told. And I'm so, so glad I asked how it was pronounced. Uh, Karina, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. Um, Karina has been writing comics for several years now, uh, starting with Heathen Town, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and you've done licensed work on properties such as like Planet of the Apes, uh, and Star Wars. Yeah, that's right. Awesome. Um, well, yeah, again, thanks so much for being here. So you you published Heathen Town in 2009. Um, and initially, I mean, you're a zoologist, right? Yes, that's right. So what At least brought... I have a zoology degree. So. Yeah. What brought you from, you know, working as a zookeeper to publishing, writing and publishing your own comics? Well, I um, always was writing, so I did a lot of nonfiction stuff for things like, well, Zoo View, that type of thing. And I also wrote a lot of prose, but um, more like uh, short stories. I had a couple things published, and uh, luckily I'm married to an artist because the hardest thing for a writer in comics is always finding a good artist. So uh, my husband and I wanted to work together on something. It seemed natural that it would be comics since... um, He's a storyteller, but very visual, and I'm more uh, verbose. So we decided to just kind of do Heathen Town for fun, and happily, it actually got published by Image Shadowline. And did you guys make the transition together? Because I know your husband is Gabriel Hardman. Um, That's right. Uh, so and he's done a lot of uh, film work and storyboarding and all that stuff. So was the decision to come to comics something that you both did together or uh was it sort of separate it kind of was actually we'd always been you know in the comics community like we've been going to uh san diego for god over a decade you know we just always went down there and we'd always every year go you know we could we should just go ahead and try to do something like this we read them and he did um have more than passing you know he'd been doing stuff too before that just um with as an artist, not uh, as a writer. Mm-hmm. So it was around the same time. He started doing more comics earlier. Um, film work can get very, um, I don't want to speak for him, but very repetitive in a way because you're, you're doing someone else's vision mm-hmm. and it's, you're a lot more doing your own vision. So it's a lot more rewarding in that way. Okay. So, I mean, what's it like to work together with your husband? I mean, a lot of people have that separate life where, you know, you go to work, you come home, have dinner and kind of be like, oh, how was your day? How? But you guys work together as well. Um, is is that hard or do you just really enjoy being able to, you know, create something for people with the person, your significant other? It is challenging. And honestly, I think if we didn't have separate studios, it would be difficult. (laughs) We used to uh, live in an apartment where we um, didn't have a separate space. And I think if we were both home and we were like sharing one office, that would be hard. But the fact that we can go off to our separate rooms, do our work, come together, work on things that we're working on together, it kind of makes it almost like being at work, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, just having like your separate space and kind of having like alone time. Oh, what did you work on? And exactly. I mean, the downside is that we're always, always talking about work. <laughs> but I guess the upside is we always have something new to talk about. 
do you have to have timeouts every now and again? Like, all right, this evening we're going out for dinner with friends. We are not bringing up comics. Like, you know what? We try to do that and it never works. (laughs) Someone always breaks it within about 15 minutes. And you always want to talk about what you're passionate about too. Exactly. So eh, I, I, I can see, I can see that. I always wind up thinking like, I'm not going to talk about comics with these people that don't necessarily (laughs) know anything about comics. And then I always wind up doing it anyways. So yeah, it's, it's impossible. There's no way you're always (laughs) working, right? You're, if you're in comics, you're always working. So, (laughs) Uh, so since you've done a lot of work on licensed books, again, like star Wars and planet of the apes, uh, what's appealing about working on these worlds to you? And is it ever intimidating to write these characters that have epic fandom surrounding them? Um, it, it is a little intimidating. I try not to think about that. I try to think about what the world um, means to me. I try to get very into the feeling of um, Planet of the Apes or Star Wars or whatever it happens to be. I also have done now two Once Upon a Time uh, trades. And it's it, you have to kind of put aside like, oh, these people, um, this, this faction will think this and this faction will think this and um, just try to tell the best story possible. Because a lot of times, it, the most challenging aspect is there's already the movie about whatever the most amazing thing that ever happened to that person was. <laughs> and now you have to find something else amazing to tell about them. So I think in that, that's the most challenging aspect. Has, um, I mean, your background in zoology, has that come in handy for writing Planet of the Apes and such? Oh, it Definitely for Planet of the Apes, because what I worked with a lot was um, apes. Actually, when I worked in behavioral research, oh, perfect. At the Zoo, <laughs> yeah, I worked with um, chimpanzees and orangutans. And it didn't so much help for writing the apes, because the apes in Planet of the Apes are basically people. But it helped a lot for writing the people in Planet of the Apes. <laughs> so I did um, a lot of the humans in our Planet of the Apes are sort of based on some of the apes that I knew. That's so funny. It's such a backwards way to do it, but it's got to be fun to tell that story too. It's like, oh, who is this based off of? And, you know, uh, oh, this this ape at the zoo. Yeah. I mean, I had a favorite, Gracie at uh, LA Zoo, who was an amazing chimpanzee. And I just, I thought about her all the time when we were working out. (laughs) Did you actively seek out, um, the book Planet of the Apes, or did they seek you out? We actually went after that one. Um, I obviously, as you would probably imagine from my background, uh, love Planet of the Apes and uh, Gabriel too. Um, he did as well. So we actually ran into some of the folks from Boom at the LA Book Festival, and we sort of hit them up. Hey, what if we just did a one shot for you guys? And they said, Oh, how do you? How about a? A miniseries. So, of course, we said, yes, we'd love to do that. So Yeah. Oh, gosh. I was only going to do a one-shot, but if you're going to offer me a miniseries. If I have to live in that world longer, oh, gosh, how horrible, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, I mean, again, you and Gabriel are very immersed in Hollywood as well. So, as a writer, does it ever get hard to watch TV and movies just for fun? Like, do you ever get to that point where... You're thinking to yourself, oh, I could have wrote this scene so much better. Well, I, more often I'm thinking, gosh, that was clever. I wish I could be that clever. But, <laughs> but uh, you know, it does a little bit do that. But um, I really have 
fought against that sort of it's hard um to not sit there and try to pick it apart but then mm. sometimes i think you can lose the the magic of it so if i'm studying something to actually study it i do that and i really try not to do that if i'm trying to just watch it for sheer enjoyment yeah you need I'd be something so upset if doctor who was ruined for me or something <laughs> you <know? laughs> yeah you need that time to have your mind shut off and yeah. just kind of uh be like, all right, this is fun time. Turn off yeah, writer just, brain time. And just, you know, there's no way for fiction to be wrong, right? There's no real rules. It's uh, you just, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's your writing process like? How do you get your ideas from your head to the finished thing? Um, you mentioned you do work in a studio. Uh, so what's kind of your routine that you go through? Um, I generally just kind of sit down and start uh if it's something that gabriel and i are both working on we'll talk about it a lot first like we'll just go back and forth just any old time we'll start talking about it and talking about it and then one of us will just sit down and start putting down all the ideas we had but if it's just me alone i just sit down and start kind of making lists that then eventually become refined into paragraphs and go from there. I wish I had a more organized way of doing it, but I really don't. No, it's whatever works for you, right? Yeah, right. As long as words get on the page, right? <laughs> so, so do you just kind of, you know, do an actual process where you're physically writing on paper and then translate it all to, like, you type everything up on a computer? Do you have a specific program you use or just Word? You know, it's funny. Yeah, I used to do that. And I used to really use a lot of just pen and paper for um, prose stuff. But then when I started doing more um, nonfiction like articles, I found I really needed the organizational ability of like a program. I mean, I usually just use Word just because it's easy and everybody can pretty much download a Word document. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I mean, there's a lot of screenwriting programs and things like that, but you never quite know if the person you're sending it to might not have it. Yeah. And, you know, like sometimes you're working with an artist who maybe isn't in this country. Maybe they have different access to different things. So I don't know. I just, I found everybody has words. So I just yeah. <laughs> I'm always curious because I mean, for me, when I write articles or short stories, I use, you know, word just because it's easy to me. But then so many people talk about these other apps and utilities and I, I try and download them every now and again. And I, there, there's just so much, you know, and yeah, then it's learning a new program. And that's exactly, <laughs> I always get kind of um, like, I just want to start on the work I don't want a big barrier between me and the yeah. work I already know words so it's just I don't know there it is yeah exactly you just whatever works for you yeah yeah exactly it's like I can make I can drive it so I don't worry about how it <laughs> flashiness you know um so in an industry that isn't necessarily always friendly to women what motivates you to stick with comics specifically Gosh, I just, I really love what you can do with comics. And I love the collaborative process. Like as a writer, if you're writing prose, you just, you, you are building everything and that's beautiful. And I love doing that too. But in comics, sometimes you'll write something and the other people, the colorist and the artist will bring something else to it that you either hadn't thought of, or it's so much better than you thought. And I mean, that's just kind of, a magical experience when that happens and it's actually works. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I feel like I've been super lucky. I think I came into comics late enough that 
I have not had some of the really terrible experiences that some people have had. Either that or I've just been low profile. And <laughs> Maybe I just fly under the radar. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but, well, not but. There's no but. Um, <laughs> uh, again, you work with Gabriel quite a bit. Um, <laughs> how much of a say do you kind of have in what he draws or do you just kind of leave it to him? Like that's just his side of things. Um, and you kind of trust him to bring your visions to life or, um, how much of it is collaborative on as far as the art goes? It's pretty, um, it's so collaborative up to that point. I mean, with, when we're both writing something, we've pretty much discussed all of it. And a lot of times even, um, like sometimes there'll be parts of things that were based on, oh, like uh, like when we were all in Malta, um, <laughs> we talked about uh, using some of that um, architecture and stuff as inspiration. And we went out and took pictures together and um, we'll discuss like how this will fit in and how that'll fit in. But then he pretty much goes off and applies it. And sometimes, um, but you know, since the good thing about living in the same house is often he'll say, oh, come look at this. Do you think it should go this way or that way based on story stuff? So story stuff is between both of us. And of course, in comics, most of the art is the story. But I mean, he's so um, amazingly talented. It's not, I mean, he doesn't need me telling him what to do <laughs> for that stuff. So it, it's it's pretty collaborative, but it gets to a point where, you know, I mean, he's making the the art decisions, but a lot of it's already in the script because we tend to have fairly full scripts. Yeah. I guess, uh, like, stuff like Planet of the Apes is your background, like, if something he draws and you see and you're like, oh, no, this isn't quite, you know, how this ape should look or how this person with behaviorisms like this ape should behave. Is it anything ever like that or just you work, again, you work it all out? Yeah, I mean, there's... um well, usually stuff like that. I think I, I annoyed him a little bit with my picky stuff about <laughs> apes and how much body fat they have and <laughs> they can sweat. And, you know, he's like, this is, this is fictional apes. This is, these are highly evolved apes. No, no. <laughs> you know? So, um, but it, it's pretty much like uh, most of that stuff really is worked out in the story stage. I think too, uh, just touching on what you said, um, uh, like, I've heard several times that even in a fictional story, uh, if you have that, like, the real elements that make up your story, if they're actually accurate and real, you know, it makes the story easier to kind of digest on a fictional level. Like you can believe the fictional things if the things that are real, you know, are right. accurate. Uh, so, I mean, I'm on your side with this one. Like, <laughs> Every now and again, they might be evolved, but there, there's sometimes when, you know, putting your two cents in can help. Yeah. <laughs> Other zoologists and all that will be like, yes, this is a really accurate ape. <laughs> yeah, the, the, all the, um, it's funny, actually, the people that we've met through um, Planet of the Apes, like, you know, people that are fans of that or whatever. Gosh, they love that series so much and they just they are very very you know on the lookout that it's treated well so um, I guess it's good that we really put our all into that <laughs> I wouldn't have wanted to let those people down yeah I mean and if you're gonna have fun working on a big series like that you know it it's nice to have fun but it's also nice to 
have a do a good job and then get that feedback where people are really loving and responding to what you do. Yeah, I think we were really lucky with that. We we I don't know, I'm really happy with that we got to do as many of those as we did. <laughs> uh so I mean, right off the bat you released your own comic. I mean, Heathen Town was creator owned uh for you and Gabriel. So what was it like going from that to working on big franchise properties and having editors and licensors uh, looking at your work and kind of not necessarily breathing down your back, but, <laughs> you know, it's a very different dynamic from being kind of left to your own devices uh, yeah. to kind of being supervised. Um, what was it like for you to kind of transition? You know, it's funny. I, I thought it would be a lot more um, difficult than it was. And we've been talking about this a lot now because we have a couple other um, creator-owned books coming out this year. So we're kind of transitioning back. So the differences aren't as stark as I expected. I think that's just because we've been really, really lucky with our editors. And we've had um, both Randy Stradley, who was our editor for Star Wars Legacy and um, Daphna Pleban over at Boom were both really um, just, you know, they, they let us kind of come up with what we wanted and kind of have free reign within, you know, the obvious parameters and really let us talk them into things. And then they'd push back only where it needed to be. And I think we just were really lucky. It was a great experience both times. So. Actually, it's funny that you mentioned Daphna because, I mean, this interview is going up a week from today, um, which is February the 13th, but uh, we just interviewed Daphna and it went up today. So, Oh, is that one up today? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so. Heard. Um, I love she's terrific she she is and such a fun editor and just she's great but um you brought that up and it just was like oh what a coincidence yeah that's funny <laughs> <laughs> um so you mentioned that you uh, are working on some creator own stuff for this year is there anything you can talk about oh uh sure invisible republic is um it's actually you can still pre-order number one right now until i think close to the end of the month um, so that's coming out from Image in March, March 18th. Okay. That's an ongoing series. It's a sci-fi series about a uh, a dictator on a far-off planet that had been previously kind of a backwater. And he had rose to power and um, then was disposed. <laughs> and <laughs> if I can spit out that word. And uh, it's sort of told from the point of view of his cousin, a woman who was written out of history. And a lot of women have been written out of history, like very important, influential people that then just because they were women or because they were on the fringes, um, we don't hear about them. So we're trying to kind of tell that story. So very cool. And that's uh, with Gabriel again, correct? Yep. That's the two of us. We are co-creators. He's on art and we have Jordan Boyd on colors. Oh, very nice. Yeah, and is this beautiful. is this the book that you were using some of the Malta architecture for? Yeah, yep. We're we're really um, thinking about it a lot with in terms of stuff that looks old but has been repurposed. And gosh, Malta was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and for listeners, um, that's Karina and Gabriel live in LA, and of course, for the first time, uh, I met them overseas in Malta. So that's what we we're, we're talking about here and. For the record, if you ever have um, pop culture trivia quizzes, 
Gabriel and Karina know a lot if you want them on your team. Um, well, more so Gabriel, but Karina from the crowd. Uh, so. I only know my Doctor Who. He knows everything else. <laughs> I remember you got a Twin Peaks question from the crowd, too. Oh, that's true. I, I do know my Twin Peaks as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this question, or it, it's applicable to this week because tomorrow is Valentine's Day. And obviously this interview is going to go up next week. But whatever, it's uh, our interview so we can do what we want. Um, <laughs> so again, married to Gabriel. But if you had to pick a fictional character to go out with for Valentine's Day... Who would you pick? Oh my gosh, a fictional character. Oh, <laughs> um, There's so many to choose from. Yeah, of all, are we talking all literature? Um, all, uh, oh gosh. You said you were a big Doctor Who fan. Well, I was going to say, can I pick the fourth Doctor? Yes, of course you can. <laughs> all right, I'm going to pick the fourth Doctor from that really gothic season. <laughs> I don't know if he'd be a good date, but I'm sure that he would um, show you a very interesting time. <laughs> <laughs> go out on the TARDIS or in the TARDIS, go on an adventure. Yeah, see some of those uh, DIY uh, monsters. It would be great. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good answer. I, I think... Any doctor kind of would be a great Valentine because, you know, you'd get all these cool, unconventional dates. I'd say any but the first. He was a little grumpy and a little, maybe a little elderly, a little grandpa <laughs> vibe there. I don't know. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, you can always just use him for his TARDIS. <laughs> That's true. That's true. The 10th doctor, that would be all right, too. <laughs> um, so going back to uh, the writing again, what for you is are some of the easiest and hardest parts of um, the process for you? Um, I would say the hardest part is balancing actually like regular life stuff with um, having enough work and getting all of the work and not taking on too much work and mm -hmm. too much work at the same time. I think the easiest part is just um, actually sitting down and, going once you have the the just the basic bones of the thing worked out i mean sometimes the hardest part can be figuring out the plot and the actual storyline but that's also really fun so i i don't know if that counts as hard no. hard and fun at the same time <laughs> <laughs> um i always find too it sometimes you get that idea and um you you know what you want to put on the page but you can't type or write fast enough to get all of your thoughts down yes. at once yes it comes out a big old tangle yeah. yeah yeah um but i'll upgrade to the software that will take it right out of your brain when that comes along i'll do that oh my gosh can you I'll imagine <laughs> i i'm I think that'd be like good and bad you could like turn on your brain while you're dreaming and be like oh yes this is a great idea and have it all come out on paper and then in the morning it would be just complete gibberish yeah you might scare yourself that way or <laughs> <die my> <laughs> um is there any one character that you've written uh in the over the years that you feel particularly attached to um yeah you know i really really enjoyed writing prisca in planet of the apes um she was a you know, she was a scientist who studied humans, and she was kind of an iconoclast, and over the course of it got more so. <laughs> she kind of started out as, you know, conforming, and then went against the grade, and, you know, it was, uh, she was really fun. I felt like, uh, I felt like I'd like to have a drink with her. I don't know. If <laughs> I mean, there's 
some back and forth with that, but you know. <laughs> um, so this, uh, for me, you know, diversity in comics is uh, a really big thing. I, I read so much and I, I love seeing more and more female creators step forward and kind of take prominent roles, whether it's as editors, writers, artists, colorists, or whatever. Um, what are some ways women can get themselves out there and give themselves a voice in this industry, do you think? I think it's just doing it and stepping up. And I, I'm bad because I tend to like to stay in my house, but I force myself to go to cons and <laughs> be on panels and do that stuff, even though it's maybe not completely natural to me, because I feel like um, if people don't see that as, as a normal thing, it won't, it just won't become normal. Mm -hmm. And it does seem like it's changed a lot. I mean, when I used to go to cons like 15 years ago, people would stare at me like, what is that? You know, like there are just so few female people, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I don't really know what else. I think it's just um, a matter of just trying to to get out there. Is there anything that uh, particularly influenced you for um, for for writing for um, what you're doing now? You know, is there um, any writing styles that you kind of adapted to your own? Well, you know, it doesn't really, it's not, it's not similar to my own, but I love Harvey Picar and I've always loved um, American Splendor and just the fact that he could take pretty much anything and make it into a story and put it out there against all odds. He didn't have money. He didn't have, well, he kind of had a little bit of fame, but you know, he was just a regular guy and he still just plugged away and just that's was his vision. He didn't care if anybody else liked it. <laughs> that uh, that's sort of inspiring, I think. Yeah, I, I get that. Um, that's awesome. I I'm trying to look through my questions here. Bad organization. Oh, that's me all over. <laughs> <laughs> that's I. I wish I was organized. Maybe in my next uh, incarnation. Yeah, I I try as well. Um, it always kind of it's like. It's organized to me. Yeah, right. Uh, but hopefully no one else has to come in and try and find something. Yeah, anything. exactly. Um, so between the Planet of the Apes world and the Star Wars universe, if you had to live in one of those places, in one of those uh, fictional universes, which one would you choose? Uh, I'm going to go with Star Wars because uh, as a human, I think I really would not like to live in Planet of the Apes. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> I wasn't sure because, I mean, given your background, I wasn't sure if that would be an intriguing place for you to be. Uh, or, I mean, Star Wars has so many cool trinkets and such a cool things to explore. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like- a lot of weird animals yeah (laughs) new and crazy things uh across the galaxies right so uh since the beginning of the year which isn't too long i've been doing all these one-on-one interviews and one of the parts of them is i mean we've had a couple silly questions but i have a section here called would you rathers Uh (laughs) uh-oh yes and there's only a few of them so um you know it, it won't take too much time but I'm going to give you a couple of questions and you're going to tell me which one, which scenario is better for you. Which one is 
your cup of tea. So Sounds to speak. good. All right. So number one, would you rather get rid of all of the bad drivers in the world or never have to stand in a lineup ever again? Uh, never stand in a line. <laughs> it's it's tough. Do you drive? Oh, yeah. I mean, L.A. Oh, man. And I've heard about L.A. traffic. L.A. traffic is horrible. But now that I work from home, I'm almost I almost hate lines worse because they suck so much time. <laughs> yes. And it's frustrating, too, when you're in a lineup and like you just have something really simple to take care of, like at the bank and the person in front of you is just taking like 12 years to deposit like five dollars. Yes. Oh, <laughs> I hear you. All right. Number two, if you could make either of these things instantly successful, would you rather start your own company or start your own religion? Oh, gosh. I'm going to say company because I would feel too guilty for whatever religion I would come up with. It would <laughs> <be> something <laughs> really ridiculous and um, uh, uh I probably wouldn't want to subject anyone to that. <laughs> <laughs> That's also fair. I don't know what I would come up with for a religion, too. You know, it's easier to think of something business savvy, whereas um, thinking of something that people should, like, worship is is trickier. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> and I'd probably end up getting, you know, rousted out by somebody who did it more slickly or, yeah, it would be a disaster. <laughs> Well, I mean, you do have the benefit of having instant success for it, so. Oh, that's true. That's true. But, but I hear you. Company seems a lot easier to kind of think of and maintain. Yeah, I think I'd feel a little cleaner. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Last one. Would you rather discover and see everything on Earth or be able to go into space? Oh, gosh, that one's the hardest one. <laughs> um, I saved it for last. Yeah. Gosh, I I love uh, reading about cosmology and everything, but uh, I'm going to say Earth because that's where the animals that we know of are, and uh, that's my first passion, learning about uh, the natural world. Very nice. <laughs> I like it. Uh, so... Sorry, I totally spaced on the title. I'm the worst interviewer. Um, so <laughs> No, you're not. Believe me. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> uh, so your book is coming out uh, next month. Yep, March 18th. Uh, sorry, what's the title once again for everyone? Invisible Republic. Invisible Republic. All right. Um, that's going to come out. People can pre-order that. Um, and again, it's an ongoing series. Right? It sounds really awesome. Um, I hope everybody likes it. I'm really proud of the work we're doing, so I hope so. We'll make sure to uh, put a pre-order code in um, the line, the notes in the show lining here uh, right. for anyone who would like to check it out, read some more about the synopsis, and possibly uh, get, you know, your shop to order it for you. That'd be terrific. Uh, is there anything else that you have coming out in the next little while that you want to bring up and share with everyone? Oh, uh, sure. In the summer around, it should be out in July. It's not up for pre-order yet, but um, we have another book coming out from Image Shadow Line called The Crooked Man about, uh, it's kind of a crime drama set around the earthquake that happened in San Francisco in 1906. Okay. 
and that'll be a graphic novel, like a big old hardbound. It should be beautiful. Uh, again, it's me and Gabriel and him on the art, and we have uh, Elizabeth Brightweiser on the colors. Oh, she's awesome. Oh, my God. She's so amazing. <laughs> it's Yeah, it's going to be a gorgeous book. I that's promise you. Really, really cool. Maybe we will touch base with you closer to there so we can give everyone a heads up on uh, pre-orders for that. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Um, is there any, where can people get in touch with you? Where can people ask you about some of the stuff we've discussed uh, here or more? Oh, I have a Twitter account, which is just my name. And I have a Facebook page, which is also just my name. <laughs> and um, Easy peasy. Very easy. And also I'm on Goodreads, uh, which is also just my name. Goodreads is great. I love Goodreads. I do. It is like such a godsend for keeping track of everything yes that organizational bugaboo is uh at least i've got my books uh covered i can put yeah <laughs> yeah i agree i love it and twitter of course too yeah. but um, and your last name just for anyone it's uh b-e-c-h-k-o right that's right uh so look karina up follow her on twitter ask her questions pre-order invisible republic uh, again, we'll have it in the show notes for you to take a look at. Um, and yeah, is there anything else you would like to share with um, our listeners before we say adieu? I think that you about covered it. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us. Oh, and, thank uh, you. Invisible Republic sounds really awesome. I'm excited. I mean, Thanks. talking I, I got to go to Malta, so I'm really excited to see some of the influences in the book, too, and kind of be like, oh, I wonder if I can find the bits and pieces. Yeah, see what uh, you can spot. Yeah, like Valletta and all that such. But uh, yeah, thanks once again, and uh, very much look forward to checking everything out from you guys this year. Oh, thanks. Thanks. <laughs>